0: share a little bit around the offering message this week and as I was considering the message I was just so mindful of just the generosity and the kindness of the Lord Um, we've been in lockdown for a few months now almost actually a year and you know I can sense that many of us are kind of getting to the end of our tether and I was just so reminded of Isaiah 55 which gives us an invitation to come come to the Father because he has that food that doesn't perish and water that doesn't end um, and we can come and rejuvenate our souls um, at the foot of the cross but it's up to us to come to receive from him so yeah just need a word of encouragement come to the father because anything that you're facing or struggling with right now he is the answer and he will make a way for you as i considered this week just around the goodness of the father I was also just reminded about you know our response to him and when we return a portion of what we've received of him from him back to him you know the whole tithing message and i was so mindful that sometimes we can get so legalistic about our returning to the father or giving to the father that sometimes we can actually shortchange god in the old testament when we look at some of the offerings that people brought some people brought the best of the best they brought lambs that were fat and healthy and wonderful and and brought that as an offering to the lord but some people brought lambs that had actually had defects on them and it was almost an attitude of well this is good enough or you know what i just need to bring a lamb that nobody said what sort of lamb it's a lamb i mean isn't that good enough and it's about really examining the attitudes of our hearts when we, we come and bring our, our tithes and our offerings to the lord So I really wanted to encourage us to look at our hearts when we we come into God's presence, when we come and bring our tithes and offerings. What does it look like? Also, we need to consider how does that look like further afield than just our finances? When we spend time with God, are we giving God the best of the best? Or are we giving Him what's left over? Well, it's five minutes, right? I mean, isn't that enough? It's really around responding to God's generosity and kindness with giving him the best of what we have i mean 10 of our finances isn't actually very much so when we bring it into the storehouse when we bring it into his house it's about bringing it in with joy and thanksgiving because of what he's done so i just wanted to encourage us and challenge us this week because i know that's very challenging and also just wanted to close off with um just a prayer thank you father god that we can just bring our tithes and our offerings to you father god we want to. Yeah, Lord, we want to bring it back to you as a small token of appreciation for what you've done for us, Lord. We pray that, yeah, we just come and consecrate it now, Father God. We pray that you would um, extend your kingdom through our giving back to, to your storehouse, Father God, to your house. And thank you, Father God, that we're just so reminded this week that we can come to you and the invitations with us to come. Father God, that you are the answer in every situation, no matter what we're facing this week, you are the answer. And for that, we just want to say thank you in Jesus' name. Father, we love you with all of our hearts and we pray that you be glorified. We ask this all now in the name of your precious son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well,
1: lots of love and goodbye. Good morning, church. So wonderful to have you this morning. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you so much for tuning in. I want to say thank you to everyone that has joined in the 21 days of prayer. Uh, this morning was our last prayer session together, and what a wonderful time it's been. The Lord has been speaking, and it's been amazing hearing from God. I want to say, if you are so, if you are interested in praying, if you are interested in growing in prayer, um, join us at intercessions every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Um, and let's pray together to hear the word of the Lord because He is really speaking. Um, in this time. And it's an amazing time. Um, So thank you so much. Talking about prayer, let's pray together this morning. Father, thank you, Lord, that you are with us. Father, thank you, God, that you hear our prayers. Lord, I want to ask you to, um, yeah, Father, anoint every word that comes out of my mouth. I ask, Father God, that um, all of myself will die and will be removed. Um, There will be no distractions, Father God, for all of us listening, Um, And that within me, Father God, you will speak through me, Lord, um, and use me as a vessel, as one who is here, Lord God, um, bringing a word to your people. Father, I pray that you will open all of our eyes and our ears um, to see and to hear and to bring our hearts closer to yours, Father God. May we bow our knees this morning in reverence to you and receive from you, Holy King. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How amazing it is to be here. How amazing it is to be here. How amazing it is to pray. How amazing it is to worship. How amazing it is to serve God. I want to I wanna come in the spirit of praise and thanksgiving this morning. I want to say thank you God that you are a great God. That you are a God who is faithful. That you are a God who never lets us go. Um, in the world that we live in, there's incredible, incredible Um, juxtaposition, um, uh, contradiction, and intense um, opposition. We can see it in all the different political um, climates that are happening in different parts of the world. There's America, of course. There's here in the UK, um, in South Africa. Any, any, Any place that you go to, any country and any nation you can go to, you will be able to find... Um, some thread or some story or something that that nation is working through, that nation is battling through, that nation is, is struggling through. There is contradiction constantly. And that's not by accident because that is the story of the world in its existence, right? So in its existence, there is always going to be opposition, there's opposition, there's opposition, there's opposition. So the question I want to pose to us this morning, or at least I want to say, how, how do you work through opposition? How do you work through contradictions? How do you work through coming to a place in your workspace, coming to a place in the world that we live in, the different nations, the different views that are around? How do we work through opposition? Um, one thing that I know is true is that as human beings, we have, of course, different ways of uh, processing things, different ways of preparing things. And whatever we find ourselves, so wherever or however we find ourselves, um, we, we will probably express the most innate uh, way of dealing with something if we haven't learned that or unlearned. Unlearned um, that that way of expressing ourselves. If we haven't done that, if we haven't unlearned something, we will probably show our true colors in in how we come up against opposition. And um, we've seen that. We've seen that right now. Also with with coronavirus, we've seen that with COVID. It's been very very clear that we we are very much being driven and 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 sort of tossed to and fro. Um, and that's not by by maybe the faults of of the people who are trying to govern the states and and you know keep us all um, healthy and 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 safe. Um, it's very much sometimes that every person is trying to do their best, but within that within that framework, you know, there's there's conflicting information that comes and that challenges. So you have to have a place where you yourself are sure that you're sure that you're sure that what you are trusting in and what you are believing in is the right way to go. Even if it means there's not going to be a lot of people that are going to um, support you, there aren't going to be a lot of people that are going to be on your side. You have to make sure that you are (laughs) sure about what it is that you're standing for, right? And uh, this is, this is there's a beautiful there's a beautiful thing here that's happening with Micaiah and uh, Ahab. Ahab is the king of Israel that we know, who is uh, very wicked in himself in all the things that he has allowed. Um, he was swayed by his wife. His wife is Jezebel. Swayed by his wife to go into the religion of Baal, and 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 so in that also allowing by his wife's um, um, requests, allowing the persecution of many other Christians in his time. So very much as a king of Israel, um, very much a contradiction in his position. And so there's a there's a beautiful thing that happens here. And this is from, I want to read from chapter 18, 2 Chronicles 18. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I want you to go through it um, by yourself. And uh, I'm going to read from... Uh, verse 4. And it says also, Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, please inquire for the word of the Lord today. Then the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, 400 men, and said to them, shall we go to war against Ramoth Giled, and or shall I refrain? So they said, go up, for God will deliver it into the king's hand. But Jehoshaphat said, is there not still a prophet of the Lord here? that we may inquire of him. Verse seven. So the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, there is still one man by whom we may inquire of the Lord, but I hate him because he never prophesies good concerning me, but always evil. He is Micaiah, the son of Imlah. And Jehoshaphat said, let not the king say such things. So we know Jehoshaphat as, as the king of Judah, the the um, um, wonderful um Beautiful character that he had as king, um, really being close to the Lord, being being sheltered in, nestled into God's God's um, covering, and so um, Josephat is is very much uh, in opposition to the king Ahab, who is actually he has gone into a kind of an alliance with only because of marriage so it is very possible that joseph had married um, ahab's sister or someone or someone in, in in ahab's line and so by through marriage they have become now sort of allies and yet in character the two of them are completely different they couldn't be more different the two of them in how they bring their hearts before the Lord. The one has has um, all but forsaken his his position as king over Israel and his his heart before the Lord, and the other trusts in the Lord in in every way that he can. And so um, the story goes on, and there are about 400 prophets that they bring that are there and Zedekiah is one of them and he's the leader of these prophets and they're prophesying for Ahab and it's very clear that everything that Zedekiah and the and the other 399 prophets prophesy is very much according to what the king wants to hear it is very clear as you read on scripture um actually the Lord says because Micaiah comes and he brings he brings a prophecy to the king and he says in a mocking way Yes, you shall go up, go up, and you will win the victory. And Ahab consents that this is actually not the truth. And he says to him, Have I not said to you that you shall prophesy the truth to me? And he says, um, So as they are there, they bring Micaiah in. And then this is verse 12. Then the messenger who had gone to call Micaiah spoke to him and said, Now listen, the words of the prophets with one accord encourage the king. Therefore, please let your word be like the word of one of them and speak encouragement. And Micaiah said, as the Lord lives, whatever my God says, that I will speak. I want to make sure that we we, we pay attention to that there. Verse 13, whatever the Lord says, whatever God says, that I will speak. Verse 14, then he came to the king and the king said to him, Micaiah, shall we go to war against Ramoth Gilead? Or shall I refrain? And he said, go and prosper, and they shall be delivered into your hand. So the king said to him, how many times shall I make you swear that you tell me nothing nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? So this was very mockingly that Micaiah says to, to, to King Ahab. Verse 16. Then he said, I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains and the sheep that have no shepherd, as sheep that have no shepherd. And the Lord said, These have no master. Let each return to his house in peace. And the king of Israel said to Joseph, Did I not tell you that he would not prophesy good concerning me, but evil? So basically, the prophecy goes on. And as the prophecy goes on, Micaiah is unpacking something here that is very much the death sentence of Ahab. Ahab, as if they go to battle, Ahab is going to die. And actually, God has actually put a deceiving spirit in his in his prophets so that they will deceive him, that they will egg him on, that they will encourage him to go to war because God has prepared his death. So, so Ahab in this is absolutely enraged, of course, but Zedekiah, who is in his pride and his 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 position of being the lead of the prophets, slaps Micaiah through the face and um, goes on to, co- to confront him and to, to challenge him to say, are you saying that me, the one who hears from God as well, that I have a deceiving spirit and what I have said to, to the king? Um, and none of this shakes Micaiah. None of this breaks his resolve, none of this in the opposition he's standing in. Now, I want you to think about this. There's the king of Israel. There's Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, who is now allied to the king. So not necessarily someone that Micaiah knows to be an ally for him. There are 400 prophets that are in the presence of the king. There's Micaiah as well. Um, I mean, there are messengers and there's probably um, guardsmen, people who are looking after the king. So this man, Micaiah, is all by himself in his presence place of conflict in and all that he has to go by is the word of God all that he has is what verse 13 says what the Lord says whatever he says that I will speak he only has the word of God and his obedience to the word of God and what's beautiful about this moment is that even when he's physically beaten physically abused this man stands in his persecution and challenges Zedekiah and what's beautiful about this moment is that as um, that Zedekiah has so here uh, I will read verse 23 then Zedekiah the son of Chenana went near and struck Micaiah on the cheek and said which way did the spirit from the Lord go from me to speak to you and Micaiah said indeed you shall see on that day when you go into the into an inner chamber to hide Then the king of Israel said, take Micaiah and return him to Ammon, the governor of the city, and uh, and to Joash, the the king's son. And, And say, thus says the king, put this fellow in prison and feed him with bread of affliction and water of affliction until I return in peace. But Micaiah said, if you ever return in peace, the Lord has not spoken to me. And he said, take heed, all you people. This was Micaiah. Micaiah right at the end of it all. So here, there's so much that happens. He comes in. There's already a a, a battlefield that has been laid before him that has got to do with opposition and conflict. He is not on anyone's good books. He's already coming into a very... um, antagonistic king because every prophecy is given the king the king has not been pleased by it because it's not according to what he wanted right so Micaiah as he's standing in this position he is Within the courts of the king, um, and there's opposition. There are 400 prophets. He speaks a word that is not in accordance to what the prophets have said. Um, he's struck in the face. And then he's ordered to go to prison. And in prison, he's going to be given the worst of the worst of bread and water. And, and still then, um, until the king returns, will his case be reviewed. right? But think about what's happening here. Micaiah knows that the king is not returning. He knows (laughs) that this king Ahab is not returning from this battle and he's not returning in peace. So the king who had the authority to put him in prison, in chains, in persecution, he as the king is the one who has the authority to get him out of prison, released into freedom, right? So if Micaiah had placed his trust in the king and the king's word, would he not want to change his word so that the king does remain and not put him in prison or, or maybe beg for a place or a, a, a space where he can actually not be placed in prison for the rest of his life, possibly? Um, it is not clear. I don't know what happens to Micaiah. It's not clear um, what happens, but it is very clear that even that, even being placed in prison for a long time, for a reason that was also um, not uh, valid, none of that shook Micaiah, none of that put any doubt in what was the correct thing for him to do. And that can for me only be in the fact that this man placed his entire heart and his trust in the word and the name of the Lord to be his savior. So not even prison, not even the, 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 the impending doom <laughs> of prison scared this man. He stuck to the fact that, listen, this is what is going to happen. You will go to this battle, but you will not return. And yet these guards are dragging me off to prison. As I finish this word, as I say this word to you, I'm being dragged off to prison. So we find here there's, a, there's an amazing contradiction, even in the things that we might feel God wants us to do for him. Sometimes we feel God is saying we should do things and we feel like it's not going to come with difficulty. It's not going to come with adversity. It's not going to come with maybe struggle. And the word says to be long-suffering as well as your father is, as, as Christ was long-suffering. You know, we must be but sometimes we, we, we think about struggle, we think about, about, about delivering or doing the work of God and that there won't be anything around it or, or the things that surround that will be um, good and feel okay and feel, feel nice and we'll sort of have um, a wonderful sort of, um, what is it? I, I don't know even how to describe it, but I think you get the gist of what I'm trying to say with me trying to dance around in front of you here. But the fact is, There will and can be times where you speak the word of God and you are not being let out of whatever it is that is surrounding that word because that word is challenging. And so the challenge that is challenged, the the, the challenge has placed you in in a position of. Of, of, of conflict with those who you have challenged. The opposition is so strong that they aren't satisfied with the word. So they are still gonna place you in chains, even though the word comes to pass, and the word is actually a thing that 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 breaks their hearts and and and, and it maybe takes their lives, figuratively speaking. Even though that happens, we may be in a place of persecution. We may be in a place of struggle, and that struggle is something that, that is not necessarily for you and for me to for, 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 for me to choose. We can't say, oh, but now because of the struggle, I, I, I don't want to deliver the word, or Lord, but I delivered the word. Why am I going through what I'm going through? You see, there are things that are at the mercy of those who are in authority on this earth. There are things that are at the mercy. That is absolutely true. We look at the story of Job. You see, Job, Job, he was at the mercy of the prince of this world. But the thing that protected Job from having his life being taken away from him was the word of God. And the command to the enemy, to the devil, that you may not take his life. That was the command that God gave in his authority. But he said, look, you can do whatever you want to my servant, but he is not going to turn in the way that you think he's going to turn. He's not going to turn to you. He's not going to blaspheme me. Do whatever you want with my servant, but don't take his life. And this is beautifully echoed, not even echoed, this is beautifully modeled early on in Micaiah, in Micaiah and this story with Ahab, in that he's being dragged away to prison, and yet he does not see it within himself to lean on his own understanding, as Proverbs 3 verse 5 says, He does not see it within himself to lean on his own understanding, but he trusts the Lord. Trust the Lord with all his heart that when he delivers this word and whatever happens to him after as a consequence, it will not change the fact that when God speaks, I'm going to be obedient and I'm going to do it as well. So I want to say to you, church, I want to say to you, family, be encouraged this morning. <laughs> it might not be, a, it might not sound like an encouraging word, but I want to say to you that as things get more difficult, difficult as they get tougher, as they get as as there's more opposition coming, as there's more contradictions of 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 character that is going to be standing side by side and and there's gonna be words that God is going to be challenging you to share with people and there are going to be difficult relationships that are going to be maybe broken or you can't mend them right then and there or it's gonna feel uncomfortable because a neighbor doesn't like you anymore or a family member doesn't like you anymore. It, it, It it I want to say to you you, we have to find a place where it is God's word alone that we want to be obedient to, and we must not fear the persecution. It was very clear in the word when Jesus says, You know, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world and there's a very specific reason why that is supposed to be an encouragement to you is to know that in the name of the Lord is the security and the safety that we all seek so when when we're talking about security and the safety that we all seek, I want to bring us to Psalm 20 quickly and um, just read verse seven. Well, let's lead into, into Psalm Psalm 20, verse seven. So let's read from verse six. Now, I know that the Lord saves his anointed. This is David speaking to so many um, um, men just at the beginning of, of a battle um, that it's a beautiful psalm of basically encouragement to say, look, we're going into a difficult time. But the Lord, um, early on it says, the Lord answer, may he answer you in your day of trouble, right? So we're going into war, we're going into battle. I want to say to you, saints, I want to say to you guys listening, may the Lord answer you in, our, in your day of battle. May he answer us in our days of battle. They are coming up, right? So the, the big, the big tur- tumult. Or the big sort of turmoil and the massive um, um, crashing of, of worldviews, moral views, um, religions, the massive sort of collision of those things. It's it's going to be unpacked. It's going to be unpacked because it's already been spoken of by the Holy Spirit. It's already being being shown as warning, right? So there are going to be oppositions that are coming up. And sometimes there are gonna be words that you're you're being given and that I'm being given that in the day of battle, we have to trust that the Lord will bring the answer, right? The Lord will be the one who brings the answer. But let's keep reading. Verse six, the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand, amen. Some trust in chariots and some in horses but we will remember the name of the Lord, our God. Now, if Micaiah was trusting in chariots, if Micaiah was trusting in any established thing in the presence of that court that day, the king's favor, If he was trusting in in being able to even see um, from Jehoshaphat, favor from Jehoshaphat, he would not have had the authority to speak in which he spoke. Now, in our day and age, with what we're going through right now, there's a massive um, um, pull. It's very clear that there's a massive pull from one extreme to another. And maybe there are a couple of things that you and I have been trusting in. I want to maybe just read them out for us here. Maybe we've been making our chariots the 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 government or making our chariots national strength the 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 things that our nations represent and how powerful they are within within their their, their armies and their um, currency and the fact that they are they are England or they are the u s or they are whatever other rich country in 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 the west in the in the middle east and Whatever it is, whether it's national strength and pride, maybe that's the chariot. Maybe money's the chariot. Maybe material possessions are the chariot. Maybe intellectualism is the chariot. Maybe the thing that you trust in is technological advancements, gadgets, things, um, wonderful stuff that, that becomes even more like makes your life easier. So, you know, you, you're not even worried about what's what's going to happen because you know your food is arriving here and there and you can put, press a button and your lights go on. I don't know if you guys are living in those kinds of houses, but that that is happening. People are able to just say lights on and lights are on and things are happening like that, right? So I, some of you, maybe that's some technological advancements in that sense. It can be small stuff that, that we're trusting in. It can be so much more that I'm not able to mention right now because of just... Understanding the fact that there are chariots and that there are horses that are not going to be our saving grace. Some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. And what is beautiful about the scripture is that, look, the chariots in the time that David is talking about, these were in, in the inventions and the creations that man had made that had changed the game in warfare. They had absolutely changed the game in warfare. So, of course, whatever army had had a, a fleet or a, a massive group or legion of, of chariots and horses and, 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 and soldiers in those chariots with bows and arrows or spears, those strategic um, sort of ad- advances and advantages, those things made warfare so much more favorable for the one who had that equipment, for the one who had those tools. So the fact that chariots are being mentioned for the reader of that time, that's not an an accident because everyone that knew that our army has chariots, we are going to win, everyone knew that the chances are absolutely very high, 99%. We are going to make this battle ours. We are going to make this war ours. It's the same thing that happened with the world wars when machine guns were, were made. That changed the game of the world wars. So the nations that were able to have those machine guns, they absolutely had so much pride in the fact that the war that they were fighting, they would win it. When, cha- um, when um, ca- uh, tsk, I'm losing my, my, my words here, apologies. But when armored cars, trucks, cannons, when, when all of those were made, the, those things changed the game of the warfare. You couldn't touch an army that had more tanks than you. Because the tanks would just roll in and roll over you, the human being with your small little machine gun, roll over you, shoot a cannon, boom, and we're done and we're moving on. So there was trust that was placed in the things that have been made. Now I want to say to you, the things that stand right now, the things that are established, those things are the chariots that could represent what is holding the grip on your heart and my heart. And what what the freedom that we need to step into, the thing that we know is, is really true, is that we need to step into the banner and the shelter and the safety of Jesus. The safety and the and the positioning of Christ, the, the 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 chariot that should be yours and mine should be Jesus. Should be Jesus in every way. Because for Micaiah, it was Jesus, it was God fully fledged, even in the place of like in a moment, in a moment, he was, perse- he was experiencing that persecution. And so for you and me, I want to say to you, it's going to, get, it's going to get difficult. There are going to be difficult times ahead. But the thing that you've got to remember is that you cannot move away from God as the shelter. God as the one who gathers his chicks under his wing and protects them. You see, if, you, if you're talking about chariots and what chariots do, chariots take you from one place to another, from one place of preparation to a place of victory, don't they? Tanks did the same thing. One place of preparation before they were let out to a place of going to conquer. We are in a place where we need to be in the right chariot so that we go from one place in our battle and we are going to conquer. So I've titled the sermon, Carried by God to Go Further. We need to be carried by God to go further in this walk. Carried by God to go further in our battle. Carried by God to go further into victory. Carried by God to conquer what we are seeing and what what the, the spiritual ground that is absolutely at war right now. There's so much that you and I can find. When you read, I want to say to you, when you read the word, please, please read, read it with intention. Read it with intention so that you can see in the Psalms when David is talking about trusting in the Lord, when David is, is placing is placing a lot of emphasis on the fact that I will trust in you, my God. There's, there's so many moments where the word trust actually is used as a place of shelter, where he references um, God being his refuge, God being his fortress, God being his strength. Let's read in Psalm 31. Such a beautiful psalm where David is going through so much, um, so much internal um, turmoil and physical actual illness. And it says, in you, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in your righteousness. Bow down your ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Be my rock of refuge, a fortress of defense to save me. You are my rock. And my fortress. And so many other times where where, where David refers to God as this place of safety, as this protection, as this fortress, as this rock, as this shelter, as the one who, who gathers his anointed and who saves his anointed. And if we are careful to do and listen and hear the word of God, God will gather his anointed, he will save them, but even in saving, he will do the carrying to the glory. He will do the carrying to the place of victory. Saints, it is a beautiful time. It is a difficult time. It is going to be um, a challenging time because opposition is, is, there's always been opposition, but opposition, conflict, contradictions, all of that stuff is going to come up and rear its head even bigger. And I want to say to you, we have got to stand like Micaiah's. We have got to stand like Micaiah's. When God gives you a word, understand that it's not about your your experience after delivering that word. It's not about your experience. It is about your faithfulness to know that you are sheltered in God, so you are protected by the king. So that must give you the confidence to speak his word into a situation because that word will release someone, save someone, or bring clarity into a uh, into a situation spiritually it will level down the playing field it will be the will of God and the will of God will be enacted in that in that in that obedience but the action of being obedient does not mean that you get a free pass from the persecution that might follow Right. So I want to encourage you today that the word of God is the word of God that saves and God protects his anointed. You are anointed. You are protected. So speak the word of God. Speak it to people. Be bold to speak it and let us stand like Micaiah's. I want to thank you so much for your ears let us pray let me pray for you this morning father i want to thank you god that in this time father we do not trust in chariots but we trust in you lord jesus and that you are our our vessel that carries us and that saves us you are the one who who takes these broken jars of clay that we are and you place us in your perfect perfectly formed vessel of protection, your perfectly formed shelter, your your perfectly formed refuge, and you save and you answer your anointed, and you carry us from one place of glory to the next. Father, I wanna thank you that you build in us um, a spirit like that of Micaiah's, Father, that we will be confident in our sharing and speaking of your word, even in these times of intense opposition, That as we stand in a a courtroom that is like that of Ahab, or as we stand in a a situation or an atmosphere that is like that of, of, of Micaiah and King Ahab, Father, where everyone is against us, but there's just that voice that we can lean on and trust, Father. That in that, Father God, we will know and we will know and we will know that your obedience, that our obedience to you, well, um yeah father it will it will be beautiful father God because you are always faithful to those who love you and even though persecution or even though times of difficulty might follow even though relationships might be diff- difficult and suffer father but that we know father that we do not suffer in vain In Jesus name Father God I want to pray a prayer of emboldening right now that the hearts that are hearing and the eyes that are open and the ears that are that are also hearing Father God that that they'll be strengthened now emboldened in Jesus name to walk as Micaiah walked even up to the end of prison and to also be in a state Father God of such amazing celebration and praise as David was where he said that he and his people, they would remember and trust in the name of the Lord our God. Father, we bless you, Father, we praise you, we thank you for your love, in Jesus' name, amen. If you need prayer, if you need ministry, please join us after, follow the the Zoom link that is um, along with us here, and uh, yeah, we, we really want to pray for you. Thank you so much for tuning in this morning. God bless you.
2: give you a brief summary of the things that God spoke to us about the last 21 days we normally start our year with a 21 days of prayer and consecration um, in order to ask God what the year will be about and the things that's on his heart and so um, this year is no exception uh, we we prayed for 21 days every year morning at 6:30. and uh, and God has revealed so many things to us. This is a brief summary because I do realize that we can't give through everything that um, God has given us. But hopefully this can be um, not just a blessing to you and help us to align ourselves to God's promises, but it can also be a sweet fragrance unto God um, as we start to do these things. Um, So, God said to us that this is the year of conquering and celebration. Conquering meaning that um, we must move out in faith, we must proclaim His gospel, and we must take hold of the promises that He has given us. Um, Celebrating meaning that we're going to celebrate everything that God has given us. And in doing so, we're going to glorify His name. We're going to tell people about His goodness. We're going to tell people about what He has done. And um, and so some of the, the words that got out was even to relive 2020, almost like 2020.2. Uh, but this time around, it's going to be the godly version of it. That this time around, we're going to see what God really wants to do and, um, and what he wants to impart into his church. Um, he said to us as a church that we must move from being a, a worm to, uh, to become a butterfly. Uh, that we must rethink the way that we think about ourselves and um, embrace the ways of the butterfly, to to live as the beautiful promise that that God has made us to be. And um, some things will have to change within us uh, in order to embrace that lifestyle. Uh, One of the things that God said is give up the idols in your life prioritize my presence above anything else almost like moses coming down the mountain the people are are um, embracing the the old ways embracing even the gods of the egyptians again and um, and god is saying leave those things behind embrace me and my presence in your life but stop your selfishness because this is the sign of the time and um, and this is what everyone is doing but I want you to take your eyes off the world and put it on me. Um, uh, and not to do everything that is good in your own uh, eyes, like in the days of judges, but to do the things that's on my heart. Uh, we saw this white elephant and it, um, it was actually a sign to get rid of all the unwanted things in our lives. And, um, and then also God said, stop running in a maze of confusion, but act in obedience in the things that I've asked you to do. Start to do it. There was this picture of contaminated lungs, almost like what, what we see in the COVID-19 period now. Lungs that are that are dirty and God wants to come and, and let us breathe well again. He wants to blow his spirit in us. He wants to cleanse his pride. He wants to revive us again so that we, we don't have a heart with strings attached, but there, there was a sense that the Holy Spirit is saying that he only wants to cut these things off, but he can only do it if we give him permission, get rid of it, get rid of the fixations, the obsessions and the addictions in our lives so that our hearts can again, not be pulled into different directions, but to fulfill the things that God wants us to fulfill. And then also to repent of building our own lives rather than to build God's temple. Uh, we've read out of the whole book of Haggai. And again, it was just shown to us that we so many times build our own agendas, our own homes, our even our own calendar. And, um, and we don't prioritize God's kingdom, God's plans, God's agenda to, uh, to be fulfilled in our lives. Stop fulfilling your own agenda and start to get onto God's page. But he said, protect my holiness. Don't throw what is precious to the swine, but become holy. Some people won't understand what I'm saying yet because they're still in the womb and they are not birthed yet in the spirit. They can't see spiritual things. Just pray for them. The scribes and Pharisees will mock you, but only pray for them. Don't try to, to, to change and, and, and fix them. Just pray for them because I will do my plan in their lives. Don't look at your circumstances, but focus on God. Uh, guard your mouths from all ne- negativity and rather gaze on His beauty. We've seen this um, picture of Jesus standing and in His hands. We see this... Um, Booklet And on the booklet is is encrypted, this is my journey with you. And he's saying that um, change is evident. Everything is going to change these days. The only constant will be change, but I'm journeying with you. I'm excited. It's almost as if he's advertising uh, this journey. He's saying, I am excited in expectation to walk this road with you. Choose life. Not death. Choose the, the things of God that is positive, that He wants to show us the things that, that He's going to do in and through our lives. But there is this picture of an iceberg that uh, almost like the Titanic you know is in the water and um, it's almost as if the captain is not paying attention to it. He's not seeing um, how big it, it really is. And God said to us, pray for the captain of the ship to, be awakened to see the onslaught of the enemy at the times that we are living in. We are praying for our nation, the United Kingdom. We are trusting that God will open the eyes of our captains to actually see the season for what it is. The enemy wants to steal and destroy. But the beautiful picture that came out of this was actually people going into battle. And half of the people were on their knees and the others were just stomping around. But the people who prayed got to where they needed to be quickly and they were not tired. But those who were not praying got there tired and wounded. Those on their knees will get through this period swiftly. God said He's going to provide an ark for us. He's going to bring um, an ark of protection in Christian lives. He's already built that ark for us. to, uh, to take us through the season and the times that we are living in so fear not because god has provided there's provision there's protection and also there is perfect timing it's almost like moses standing at the red sea but he needs to wait until the last moment so that god can come through for them in this season We will think sometimes that God is not there anymore. God is not with us. God is not providing. He's not bringing um, protection for us anymore. But that will be a lie from the enemy because God already provided. We must just proclaim it. We must trust in God. We must keep on trusting until we see the breakthrough. He's going to give us exact instructions and detail to build the ark, to do the things that's on his heart, even gave us a picture of swans and here in the United Kingdom the Queen is very protective over the swans it's um, it's her the animal that she protects and um, and so as beautiful as swans are uh, God is saying that he's going to beautify us but he's also going to protect us so that we will be safe at this time and so The seed sown during the lockdown will germinate into a great harvest now. I want to read this quickly. You plant the seed, I make it grow. What is your seed? It's your testimony. It's your understanding of me. It's your faith in me. It's your hope in me. Share it. I will make it grow. I will multiply it. By doing so, you think you're pouring out your life but you have no idea the number of ways in which you will receive from me. This season really has been a testing season. Those who have remained faithful despite will see God begin to do something extraordinary. God is serious about those people who are like a remnant, those who are serious about Him. He wants to be serious about those who are serious about Him. A double portion will be measure. of the coming season god doesn't have favorites but he is rewarding his people early a double equipping for those who have or shown themselves faithful the word of our testimony will change people's lives as we go into the season the picture shown was a megaphone that is proclaiming repentance from the mountain tops There's um, this picture that we've seen about Jonas that is released from the belly of the fish. Many Jonas in every nation actually, all over the world, released already to proclaim the word of repentance and to to release the gospel to the nations. And the way in which they will respond to it is the way in which God will bless them. So it's a crucial time to, uh, to see how God will raise up the Jonas and if the the nations are not going to respond they will experience the wrath of God as difficult as it is God wants to bless certain people but wants us to be faithful and to repent wherever necessary there's a rumbling busy taking place a rumbling of expectation there was unfortunately this picture that we've seen about um, you know this island and to get to the island was the security boom. There was these um, fancy cars with rich people in it and they came to this um, security boom and they were furious because they could not pass through because they thought their wealth and their success would be the answer to get to the island of hope, to the island of, of destiny. But it's, it's not the right ticket. God is saying that it's only those who repent to receive me and to make their lives count in me, that will experience the blessing of my kingdom. God's voice is echoing through the nations and it's saying, I am here. What will your response be? Revival is coming. Enlarge your 10 pegs. Declare the things that you want to see, not as it is now in your communities, don't look at how it is currently speak the things that you want to see my will be done in your communities speak those things over your community because i want to fulfill those in your communities proclaim it speak it into existence declare the things that you want to see theory must now uh, be put into practice and so we saw this uh, picture of a dove a leaf in its beak and um, and it's speaking of the trial is done receive the anointing so that i can fulfill my promises and then also a picture of a vineyard and in this vineyard we we saw that people are receiving god and what he wants to bless them with but we must take ownership secondly of the harvest that our godly authority to reap what God has given us be released in our circumstances but pray for the harvest pray for baptism people to receive the cloak and the identity that God wants to give to them and then we've seen a a boat with a net and this net that was drawn up had a lot of junk in it old stuff old second end things and God said listen until now you've you've brought up a lot of junk you know in bringing in the nets you've brought up a lot of your old traditions your old ways of doing your own expectations even of what i want to do but this time around i want to bring real fish i want to re- bring real uh, harvest into your nets so that you can rejoice over revival that is in your midst we must thank god for raising up the roots the ladies we will turn the birthing of the Davids into being. We, uh, we believe, and especially here in our church, God is anointing the ladies to become the ladies of promise, the hope bringers, those who will bring in the harvest. We pray for our ladies in this church. They will have amazing ideas that God will give them to reach our local community. Uh, So in this season, we're going to lay hands on them. We're going to pray for them. We're going to trust that God is going to, through them, bring in the harvest. And then we've seen this picture of a tug-of-war street here in in Wimbledon, next to Starbucks and HSBC Bank. It was this tug-of-war between two things. The one was purpose, and the other one was wealth. And so we thought, you know, is the tug-of-war between the two and then the next moment there was this flame in the middle of the tug-of-war rope and it actually burned through the rope and it broke it and this fire was actually love and God was saying to us it's neither purpose or wealth that we must pursue for the community that we are living in but we must reach the community through love because that will draw people to Him in this season. So we are going to trust God to go into the streets practically and not even sharing the gospel always, but pray over people the blessing of God to change the climate even in our community of Wimbledon here in London. Listen to the people's pain was the other word that God has given us. Love them enough to not just tell them what they must do, but listen to their stories in order to know where they are at God is reminding us that it's time it's time for for his promises and so we were even reminded of a picture that he has shown us about two years ago already of a old man that was standing in the streets here in Wimbledon and he was standing on a heap of resources that was more than enough to revive the local community to bless the community because God wants to actually see uh, his name being glorified in our streets. Even the names of the shops will turn into biblical names as God's climate, his ways of doing um, gets known in this area. And, um, And we were reminded of this word because God said this old man is actually just waiting to pass on the resources so that the wealth can come back to our local community. And we trust in God for that. We trust in God that the streets once again will have the Jubilee of God within it. it. Some even saw the picture of Jesus you know, coming into Jerusalem and people throwing the branches in front of him. And they said, yeah, in our Broadway street in front of the YMCA, there's um, these branches being laid down, palm trees, and people are shouting with joy the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God. God is reminding us that He's coming back and he's, um, He wants us to declare it. He's coming back. He's asking us, open the floodgates. Let it rain. Be even undignified in celebrating me in your streets, in your community, because I want to do awesome things. We really believe that God is saying that London is even the gateway into Europe in terms of spiritual revival. There's many things that God is going to do in and through this nation to reach continent of Europe. We ask you now to pray with us that God will open the gates of this beautiful nation and this beautiful city of London again so that the nations can return and that the promise of God can return the nations father we thank you for your promise we thank you that there's a redemptive call upon this nation and upon even this capital city london we pray that you will fulfill your promises father god we pray that the nations will be served from the city of london but this the nation of the united kingdom again let this united kingdom again be the blessing to reach nations, and to be a blessing to nations. But Father, most of all, that your gospel will reach the uttermost ends of the earth through this island, through the United Kingdom. We pray, Father, that you will release that promise over us again. Open our eyes to see that we are not worms, but we are the butterflies, Father God, that are useful to the communities that we are in, and to the world and the nations that you want to reach through us. In the name of Jesus, Amen.